Hello! Welcome to the Mancast Show. I am your host, the God-loving, white, conservative patriot male that your blue-haired, gender-fluid, lesbian mother warned you about. My pronouns are ist, phobe, and phobic. This is the Mancast Show. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Mancast Show. I do hope you enjoyed your week. Just a reminder, all of the episodes are available on Spotify. At the Mancast Show, the link to that account is on the Mancast Facebook page. If you missed any back episodes, head on over to my Facebook page, The Mancast, and pinned at the very top are all the Spotify episodes ready for your consumption. As I get older, I am becoming more and more of a history buff. Every good man should have a firm handle on history. Especially his own country's history. So at least you know what you're talking about when you get out there. I am reading a very thick, exhaustive history book called The uh, Patriot's History of the United States of America. I do highly recommend it as it cuts through the leftist narrative. Anyway, I am reading through the uh, very beginning of our country and reading about the revolution and uh, the bloody chaotic mess that it was. It's a miracle that we got anything accomplished that we did. I do want to point something out here. I am going somewhere with this. Uh, Most revolutions, when uh, people are just sick and tired of being sick and tired and they're sick of the tyrant and they're ready just to do their overthrow, their coup, oust the government that is, and replace it, or self-govern, or whatever, all through history. It's not very well put together. You don't have too many well-trained, disciplined, professional soldiers in the mix. You have a lot of laymen. You have a lot of farmers and, you know, craftsmen of various kinds, and you know, you just, it's just your average working stiff. And they're just so sick of oppression, they join a militia and they arm themselves the best they can. And you have a lot of dissent and you have a lot of infighting. It's not very organized, it's not very ordered. And one thing that was pointed out is that was the biggest contention that Washington had when he led the troops against the British. And he lost a few battles. And a lot of it was the men were undisciplined. They weren't organized. They didn't really work very well together. In fact, they had to threaten to kill defectors in order to make anything happen. That's kind of sad. I would think that if you want to fight a revolution, you fight for the love of freedom, love of personal autonomy, and you're ready to go all in for what you're passionate about. 
But it wasn't like that. It was messy. And it was, like I said, it was a miracle that anything happened and that we got anything done. Even while they were signing the Declaration of Independence. Even while they were penning the Constitution and debating. They were divided against each other. They were not disciplined. They were, some were unruly. What I read is that Washington actually had a very small band of truly disciplined soldiers. The rest of them were just, you know, Washington just kind of worked with whatever he had available to him. And gentlemen, ladies, if you are listening, why you are, I have no idea what is wrong with you. We are in the middle of another revolution. It is not being fought by conventional means or by conventional weapons. The bulk of it is actually psyops. It is actually a war of information and misinformation. That is the battlefield. It's a psychological war. It's a spiritual war that will end up having physical ramifications. But ever since last year when the lockdowns first happened and I saw Antifa riding in the streets... That voice from above, God, my angel, whatever, it got my attention and said, prepare for war. I didn't know what was going on quite then, but I found out real fast. We are at war. Whether you can recognize it or not, we are at war. We are at war with China. We are probably at war with Russia. We are probably at war with Iran. But this battle is not being fought with conventional means. It's being fought on the sly. On the same token, we the people are fighting our own revolution. There's war on all sides. By the way, this is exactly how 1776 went down. You had competing nations for the continent of the New World. They were all fighting. British, they were fighting Spain, and they were fighting France, and then they had to contend with the new American colonies that declared themselves to be separate. You had wars without, and you had a revolution within. I would personally offer this opinion. I don't think the Revolutionary War was fully settled until the Civil War. After the North won the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln was finally able to do what he had to do to secure this nation as a solid union. In my opinion, the birth of America started in 1776 and I believe the birth of America was complete at the end of the Civil War so gentlemen we're at war and we are staring down the barrel of another revolution not too much different than 1776 even the mystics and the astrologers are pointing to that Interestingly enough, I have a patriotic 
steel tumbler with the uh, 1776 and the 13 stars logo on it. That's becoming more and more fashionable in Patriot swag. There's significance to that. We are, as a nation, circling back right to where we started at in 1776, and I do hope to see a rebirth of a better America than we ever could have dreamed. That's my goal. That's what I hope to see in the future. Now, let's get down to business. I make my rounds on social media. I've gone to churches that are more conservative and patriotic in nature. I've gone to a couple of protest rallies for the conservative cause in this battle. I've seen what's out there. I see a lot of undisciplined people. And I'm not necessarily talking about people who don't have a good work ethic. You do. A lot of you are hard workers. A lot of you hold your own. You hold your household. You're making things work for yourself in life. I'm not talking about that. The main event in this battle is a psychological warfare. The main event in this battle is about knowledge. It's about what you know and how well you can articulate it with precision. That is one of my parting gifts and my consolation prize from all of the hell that I endured growing up. I get an intelligent mind that can articulate with precision what the exact issue is. Life itself has disciplined my mind to say exactly what I want, to say exactly what I don't want, to state exactly what the problem is, and more precisely, understand what it isn't. I believe that a man must value and embrace discipline as he grows and matures and becomes what God has made him and destined him to be. I believe that if you don't trust the authorities and the powers that be, and I don't, if you don't just go with what they tell you, you're going to reach a dilemma. Either you have to discipline yourself to be a worthy contender, or you have to be a leader yourself. And the leader must be disciplined. I am working on a disciplined mind and a disciplined tongue as I go forward. I've seen a lot of you guys out there. There's one thing I want to end right here and right now. If you're listening to me, I'm going to tell you a, a, a new pet peeve of mine that I just want to shut down. I don't want to hear anybody insulting the adversary. When you go to war, you respect your enemy. You don't have to like your enemy, but you respect them. You tame your tongue. I don't want to hear this division, Democrats versus Republicans, all Democrats bad, all Republicans bad, blah, 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 Biden bad, um, just all the bullshit. That needs to come to an end.
there's a black and white dualistic thinking in the undisciplined mind. All Democrats are communists. Or all Republicans are fascist. Neither is true. Do I think Joe Biden is a communist? No. I think he has some shady dealings with China. I think that they have Biden and Harris and a few other people by the balls. And I think they are contending with the worthy adversary that is the Chinese Communist Party that's been around a long time and has been watching us for a long time. The intelligent, disciplined mind no longer deals in black and white, all or nothing, dualistic thought. You take everything issue by issue, point by point, and you study each point and know what you're talking about. In this arena, if you have the undisciplined mind, you're not going to last long. There are a lot of points that, not all, a lot of points that the BLM factions make that I agree with. Because I take everything point by point. For example, I do believe in police reform. I do believe that the police, especially in big cities, are corrupt. And cops need to be held accountable for the bullshit. I have actually talked to police officers who told me this. In fact, I get a lot of my information from police officers that I run into. And they tell me there is something wrong with the police system and it does need to be reformed. Okay? These are police telling me. That's just one example. My other favorite one is this uh, vaccination thing. Oh, I don't want to be vaccinated. Vaccines are bad. Well, okay, and I'm not going to push it on you. I did note that when Trump gave his uh, speech in Alabama the other night, he just said, the vaccine is a good idea, you should get it. And that did not set right with his own audience. He noted in his criticism of the Biden administration that he rolled out the vaccine and nobody really protested it. And then Biden took office and a lot of people are protesting it. What happened? <laughs> you have to be very careful and pay attention. Me, personally, I don't like the mRNA technology. And there's reasons I don't like the mRNA technology that I won't go into here. I also don't like how it was rolled out. And I don't like the corruption in government responsible for it. And I need to be able to use precision to articulate every little detail as to why, what took place, and what's wrong with this situation. That requires a disciplined mind and a disciplined tongue. You have to be precise in your words. Say exactly what you want, say exactly what you don't want, and why. And the why had better be good, or you will not last. As you explain yourself to the authorities of this land, if you're ever put on the spot. 
It's this intelligent shunning of the dualistic scapegoat messiah complex that oh, the majority of Americans are trapped in that has gotten me away from partisan politics. I don't look at the situation like a lot of conservatives do, like, Democrats bad, Republicans good, because we all know that's not true. And most conservatives are waking up to the idea that the Republican Party is corrupt. And once you realize that, you're also going to realize something that I have that a lot of conservatives don't understand, that the Democrat Party is corrupted too. Not all Democrats are on the same page as the loud, obnoxious ones. As the loud, radical leftist politicians are. Not all Democrats are down for that. But they're silenced. And they can't fight back. They're silenced by their own party. The Republican dissenters are a little more vocal than the Democrat dissenters. You, you gotta understand it. It's not all cut and dry. So now I no longer think in terms of the divisive party-against-party party attitude. Instead, I'm a patriot and a statesman of the United States of America. And either you love my country, you love my constitution, you love the liberties and freedoms that it affords, or you're my enemy. And you don't belong here. Once I've developed that mentality, once I started to see the devil in the details, everything changed. This is the kind of disciplined mind I'm calling for from my fellow Americans. I'm not even going to ask if you're conservative or liberal anymore, because I have picked apart all of those terms. And it's a lot more complicated than conservative versus liberal. You know, the term liberal is not the opposite of conservative. I am considered, by my philosophy and political views, a liberal conservative. The opposite of conservative is progressive. So no, I'm not a progressive. I'm a conservative. So, liberal in that I have liberal, liberal politics as in the root of the term is liberty. I want liberty. And that means freedom for all. You're free to do what you want. You're also free to deal with the consequences and nobody is required to bail you out. And I think most of the conservative populist movement agrees with me. Yes, you are the new liberal. The leftists are the new authoritarian. Authoritarian is opposite of the word liberal. You're the liberal because you want freedom and you want liberty for all. The leftists are the authoritarian. They're the fascists. They're the oligarchy. They are the opposite of liberal. And now yesterday's liberals are abandoning the Democrat Party. They're abandoning the left because they're starting to see this truth. Look at people like Bill Maher. He has constantly been against conservatives. He has constantly been against the old conservative and the old Republican. And suddenly he saw the leftists acting like authoritarians. He goes, no, he's a liberal. And in spite of himself, he's a conservative liberal a lot like I am. And I think the majority 
of the populists of the United States of America agree that we need to conserve the U.S. Constitution, the freedom and the liberties that it affords. It's a very small handful of people that don't like that idea. There is one kind of person I don't get along with. And you can be a Republican or a Democrat, a conservative or a progressive. And they are the purest fundamentalists. Purists are not intelligent. Purists and fundamentalists are not disciplined in mind and speech. Because they blindly and passionately and adamantly embrace their ideology without thinking about it. You don't need mental discipline. You don't need the discipline of your tongue to fully embrace a purist ideology. In fact, purist ideologies are lazy-minded. Incredibly lazy. And I've seen them on all sides. A purist leftist. A purist liberal. A purist conservative. A purist progressive. A purist libertarian. A purist anarchist. Drives me absolutely nuts. Because you can't have an intelligent conversation with them. There is no discipline required to embrace a purist philosophy without thinking about it. I know, because I was a purist, fundamentalist Christian. All or nothing, black and white, dualistic thinking. And I was a very undisciplined, unruly individual. As I grew up, as I matured, I started to see areas of gray and different nuances and understandings of things. And I started to have a more open mind. I'm not saying an open, stupid mind, mind you, but an open mind and understanding that there are a lot of different possibilities. Today, one of the most closed-minded people types in the world are the leftists. Vaccine only. No other option, just vaccine only. That is our only savior. Black and white, all or nothing, dualistic thinking, no creative thought. That's the authoritarian mindset. And the authoritarian mindset is actually very undisciplined. I would like to point out an observation. I follow the Afghanistan story a little bit. I started to see these videos of things going on in Afghanistan. Our soldiers, we were there to train the citizens of Afghanistan to become regimented soldiers to defend their own country that we built for them. We built them a country. We built them something better than what they had. It took about 20 years before we threw in the towel. And I asked myself, why did it collapse overnight? What happened? I saw training videos. The Afghanistan people were very undisciplined. They're on drugs, a lot of them. And they were really not getting with the program. They were not battle ready. They were not fit to defend their turf from the Taliban. I agree with the decision to pull out. If you can't do it in 20 years, you're just not going to be able to do it. And if the people of the country do not have the ability or the drive or the desire to defend their own, they don't deserve to have a country. 
And so I'm on the side that says, let Afghanistan fall. Let, just let it have their way. They have been at tribal warfare and chaos and destruction and savagery for thousands and thousands of years. You're not going to change that anytime soon. That's just how it's going to be. I have a few ideas as to what I think we should do there. But, you know, I might get kicked off of big tech for saying so. But we'll just say I think that we need to have a parking lot of glass in Afghanistan. I'm just saying. I'm just going to throw that out there. I think somebody should get out there and make a nice, beautiful parking lot of glass in that part of the desert. That's all I'm going to say about it. I mean, wouldn't a giant, massive parking lot made out of pure glass... Which, by the way, is made out of intense heat applied to sand. Wouldn't that look beautiful in the Middle East? I'm just saying it would. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm going to say about the subject. Anyway, we had fun here. Drugs in the U.S. are at an all-time high. Opioid epidemic, you got fentanyl, meth, heroin. Those are all the popular choices. And it really is doing damage to the discipline and the order of our society. And I truly believe that America may never recover from the detrimental ramifications of being flooded with drugs. I believe that these drugs are killing any sense of discipline as we forge ahead into the future. I do hold libertarian political views concerning drugs, but I think there are other more efficient ways of ending the drug problem that we have. We can do it, but we have to be disciplined about it. We have to think about it. I think an overreaching big government uh, making drugs illegal is only furthering the fascist cause. I think there's other ways to do it. In fact, I think that local level policy and local level initiatives in the private sector will be more effective in, it will be more effective in dealing with drugs. But that's all I'm going to say about that. Listen, the people in Afghanistan are undisciplined. They're on drugs. They have no desire to defend their government, the more enlightened way of life we provided for them. And when we left, it instantly collapsed like a house of cards. I fear, and this is me just being a seer, a spiritual man, and with a deeper understanding of things, I fear that what happened with Afghanistan is going to happen with America. I think the house of cards government that we have now is going to collapse and all the signs are there. You've got Biden administration, whether he's doing it on purpose or whether he really is this incompetent, I don't know which. I'm on the fence about that and I go back and forth, but whatever the case is, it's not going to be around much longer. It's not. There's going to be a collapse and we American people, we statesmen, we patriots have to be disciplined enough to defend our way of life. And we will no longer be able to do it without any recognizable federal government. And we're going to have to get on top of things. We're going to have to discipline ourselves. Strong mind. Strong disciplined mind. A disciplined tongue. I no longer attack people. I no longer insult people. 
I no longer get into the snarky exchange of name-calling that's juvenile and it's stupid and it's only detrimental to our cause. That too is an undisciplined mind. I'm not going to insult liberals. I'm not going to insult conservatives. I'm not going to insult Democrats or Republicans. I'm not going to insult the president. I have a genuine empathy and compassion for all involved because I understand that we've all been lied to, we've all been played by an endless stream of propaganda, fake news, misinformation. I understand that. I understand that the America we have now is due to about a hundred years of social engineering by fascists and Marxists. I truly believe that. And I believe that the America we have now is a freakish monster. And it's not going to last much longer. What I believe is that there is going to be a major transfer of power or transition of power. Now, oftentimes when we talk about that, we talk about elections and the inauguration and say we want a peaceful transition of power, right? From one party or one president to another. But there is going to be a major transition of power from the ivory tower elitists, imperialists, to the populists. And we populists, we the people, the average Joe, need to have our shit together. We need to be disciplined and ready to fend for ourselves apart from this massive fascist oligarchy government that we have created. And we need to learn and learn well from our past. And here is the remedy in practical knowledge. Hardship. The hard life, if you allow it to, will discipline you. Don't hate difficulty. Don't run from uncomfortable situations. Face hardship. In fact, choose hard things. I train in the martial arts. It is difficult and sometimes painful to get my body in fighting shape as a train in my home gym. Resistance training, if you lift, if you want to get swole, that requires a physical discipline. To put yourself through the torture and the pains and the discomfort to sculpt your body the way you want. That's an easy example. When you study in school or you choose to read a difficult book, you're putting your mind through training. You're putting your mind through discipline. Choose the hard things. If you're on a hike, go off the beaten path. Do a little trailblazing. Climb up some rocks. Make it difficult. These are all practical things you can choose to do as a man to keep yourself disciplined and on top of things. Right now, I think I'm taking a week off just because I can. But every day I make it a point to read something. And not necessarily something I like. Like something enjoyable or pleasurable. I'm reading a history book. Sometimes history books can be very dry and boring. I am reading um, educational books that teach me and show me things. I'm reading classic literature. And classic literature is really good because it kind of speaks from another time. And you have to make your mind work to understand the language and the dialect they're using. An older version of English 
that you might not be accustomed to or different ways of talking like they do in the South. I have a book by Uncle Remus. If you were a kid and grew up with Uncle Remus stories, you had an awesome childhood. And if you don't know who Uncle Remus is, you're not an American. No, I'm kidding. Um, Song of the South. Disney's Song of the South. I'm sure it would be banned for being racist today. But you read through that, that's very difficult because you're trying to decipher old-fashioned Southern slang, especially the way black people talked then. So I have to discipline my mind. Another really good book that I love for mental discipline, A Clockwork Orange. The movie was a disgrace and horrific, and Stanley Kubrick should be spending time in purgatory burning that out of him because it's just terribly done. But I'm talking about the book by Anthony Burgess. It's written with Eastern European slang and dialect from a certain time period. It's very difficult to decipher and you really have to work your brain. I'm giving you examples of how you can discipline your brain and discipline your mind. And of course, the best disciplinary practice that I can encourage any man to do, and I'm going to close with this, I'm not going to be very long-winded today, question everything you think you believe. Challenge yourself. Well, for example, I believe the Bible is the inerrant word of God. Do you really? Question the Bible. Your favorite politician or your favorite president. Well, I love Trump. Trump is awesome. Yeah, I agree with you. Trump was a very good president. I liked what he did. However, I have some critique for him because I'm intelligent and I have a disciplined mind. I'm not all on board with any one specific candidate. I don't go off of knee-jerk reactionary impulses. Criticize your favorite president. Criticize your favorite politician. Criticize your favorite book. Criticize your favorite pastor, your favorite philosophy, your favorite ideology. And ask what you really believe. And look for all the weak points. That's how you become a strong, disciplined man. And you're going to do that constantly throughout your life. Mental discipline. A disciplined tongue. When you have discourse with others... If you ever defend yourself in court, or if you defend yourself to an employer that asks something of you that you don't want, if you write a letter or make a call to your congressman or to your local politicians, petitioning them, saying, hey, we don't want this law, we don't want this mandate, be articulate and say exactly what you mean. Especially those of you, I'm going to become an activist in the future, I'm going to go to school board meetings. I'm going to go to city hall meetings and I'm going to speak out and I need to make myself very articulate saying exactly what I want and don't want. What I'm saying, but more importantly, I need to be clear as to what I'm not saying so I cannot be misconstrued or misrepresented. Very articulate, very straightforward, very precise. Develop your minds to become steel traps. I prefer you discipline your body out there. I've seen some of you. Your health is shit. You're overweight. The dad bod must go. You do that, but your disciplined body will come out of having a disciplined mind. And that's what I'm going to leave you with today. If you are a Christian, you remember the Bible. You remember uh, something in there from the Apostle Paul 
who warns you, do not reject the discipline of the Lord. If you do reject the discipline, he considers you what? Bastards. You're not his children. You're illegitimate. The discipline of God is understanding how to use hardships in life or choosing discipline yourself. I will leave you with that and discuss more next week. And uh, just a one more housekeeping point. I have found that I have said pretty much everything that needs to be said concerning masculinity and the things of men in this culture. At this point, I feel like I am just going to be repeating myself and uh or going into absurd petty bullshit that i see online some of my favorite podcasters do this and it's annoying i want to focus on what really matters and i understand these podcasters make a living so they always have to have something to talk about i don't want to be like that if i no longer have something to say about an issue or a topic i'm not going to say anymore this is the Mancast Show. Uh, there's an entire series on Spotify. I think next week I'm going to wrap it up with some final thoughts on masculinity and where we go from here. And maybe a little bit about what you can expect from me in the future. But ultimately, all of my thoughts on masculinity are going to be in a book that I think needs to be written for a whole new generation. And a lot of what you have heard on this show is going to be included in that book. Um, future podcasts, I don't know where I'm going to go with all, but I think this is how it's just going to be. I'm going to have quite a few episodes on a topic. This time it was masculinity and culture and that sort of thing. And then I'll conclude that series. Next... I think I will probably discuss religion and spirituality and culture from that angle. We're going to get more into some deeper stuff that's not related to any specific gender, but just things that, you know, for a general audience. That's kind of kind of how my podcasting life is going to go. You're going to get series with a beginning and an end. I think that's more fruitful for the conversation than what a lot of other podcasters are doing. Anyway, I will see you next week with some final thoughts on masculinity. Have a great week, and we will wrap up The Mancast Show.